0: fake spike podcast you know we got a big game this weekend i mean we, we got a real shot at this one
1: i feel good i feel optimistic that the wind is right on the horizon
0: yeah one in seven here we come baby okay so first thing i have is um i have picked up on the fact that jet fans need a football game so what happens is monday and tuesday they're, they're ranting and raving about the game they're going crazy. You know, Gates, why isn't he fired? This guy, why didn't they give this guy to more? Wednesday is kind of, I guess, they're setting fantasy football lineups or something. And then by Thursday and Friday, they're bored, they need a game, and they're posting ridiculous freaking things. You know, two things that came up this week, um, other than, you know, Trevor Lawrence having COVID, the other two things is one that... Uh- <laughs> This one's great. Bill Belichick is going to throw the game next Monday night so that the Jets don't get the number one pick, which I mean I mean, how bored do you have to be to come up with that one?
1: I can definitely see Belichick throwing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I I did a a video hit on this last night and and I was like, come on, he's not gonna throw it in week nine. Now, if you want to try and convince me that in week seventeen, when they play the Jets the last game of the season and Jets win and they have the and they drop to four and they lose and they get the number one pick, you want to convince me that he might do something not to win the game then then I'll believe it because then he's killing a division opponent you know but he's not throwing games against the Jets in, a, in the middle of the season like that no fucking way man.
1: They're like people are talking like the Patriots are done yes the Patriots are in a tough spot but they're fighting for the playoffs there, there's no way the Patriots are writing off this season and on the contrary like the unlike the Moronic Jet fans who are saying that he'll throw the game I think that he's going to use this game as this is they're playing a divisional rival if they win this game is going to be a potential springboard to kind of recover cover and rebound and get on the winning streak so i don't believe he's uh writing this game off as uh, ridiculous on top of that to shit ridiculous. on the jets
0: the other one is um everybody's absolutely going crazy with uh the raven signing des bryant to the practice squad wondering why we didn't go pick him up i mean i mean <laughs> who who wants des bryant here what what does that solve in any way whatsoever so f- forgetting the
1: fact that the uh, not even the jets uh, the guy's there's a reason he's been out of the league uh he just he lost a step he he's not a game changer he's not a difference maker anymore he might make it uh, on a on a contending team as an option as a fourth receiver fifth receiver whatever that may be people are acting the Jets, sorry, let me rephrase, the Jet fans who wanted Des Bryant are acting like the Ravens signed them to be the missing link to get him over the hump and be that number one target that they're
0: and beat KC. He is yeah.
1: literally just depth, not nothing more. He's got experience in the NFL. He's got experience in the playoffs. So it's just an insurance policy, nothing more.
0: Yeah. He's there in case somebody gets hurt. Exactly.
1: And I'm lucky enough to have been trained as a Jet fan by you, and one of the main important lessons you always taught me is: whenever there is a big name, whether they're washed up, whether they're coming off an injury, whether they're past their prime, but if it's a big name that, or you, somebody that used to be a big name, and they sign somewhere, anywhere, the Jets fans come out of the woodworks. This was the guy we needed to have. No reason behind it. They're acting like if we sign Des Bryant, we're going to go on a seven game winning streak and we're going to be fighting for the wild card. Th- there's no rhyme or reason. I can see having a guy like Frank Gore, I can see making an argument for having him in the locker room because the guy is has a reputation for being a leader, doesn't have a reputation for being a selfish guy. So I think if nothing else, he can be a good example, somebody who can lead, somebody who can be almost like a shoulder to cry on for younger guys, somebody who can be a mental coach because he has that reputation. Des Bryant does not have that reputation. Des Bryant clearly still believes he can be a difference maker. He wants the ball. He wants the attention. There's absolutely no just it's it's a non-conversation. The Jets shouldn't be even sniffing the Des Bryant
0: conversation. It doesn't even have to be a big name. It's at the point now where the Facebook groups, the second a piece of news breaks that somebody got cut, it could be the 52nd guy on the roster out of 53. And and they're like, Hey, do you think we should sign this guy? What do you think? Anytime someone gets cut, someone is available, someone's whatever. But there's two things about Des Bryant. I mean, I know it's a non-conversation, but I just want to Just continue along the Jets, the fans like craziness about it. Number one, who is Des Bryant actually better than on this team right now? As bad as the Jets receivers are. Do you think he's better than Perriman? I mean, that's questionable. It's it's a toss-up, right? I mean, Perriman is probably similar except younger. He's injury prone, he's got speed, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's questionable whether Des Bryant at this point in his career is better than Perriman. Is is he better than than Crowder? No. I'd rather have Crowder than than Des Bryant now.
1: I'm actually a big fan of Crowder.
0: Yeah, is he better than Mims? I mean, the jury's out. Mims is, is a young receiver. He's supposed to be a big thing. He looked pretty good last week. So, I mean, I'll give Bryant a little bit of an edge there, but it, it won't take Mims more than one game to, for, for that to change my mind. What, what is Des Bryant doing? But the biggest reason Des Bryant would be a terrible signing and people need to get over themselves is if he helps them win any games, it's completely pointless, not just because of the number one pick, but with the Jets looking for a number one pick and and having a shot at a quarterback. The only wins you really want to see, if you even do, are wins that that your young players grow and help you win. And if Des Bryant jumps in and helps you win games and these guys aren't growing, then it's completely counterproductive.
1: I know it's a terrible example, but uh, whether it was a year ago, two years ago, when Kareem Hunt, uh, when he got cut by uh, Kansas City for the the, the whole domestic violence thing, and when he served his suspension, Cleveland signed them. Cleveland signed them because he was a young guy and they said, you know what? Fine. We'll take the bad publicity. He still has talent. He can help us win games. We're the team on a rise so he can fit into our franchise for the long haul. He can help us win games now, and we believe he can help us win games down the road. So like him or hate him or somewhere in between, on a personal level, the football justification made sense. In a Jets scenario, this makes zero sense for Des Bryant. Number one, because like you said, even if he does help him win games, It does not help the Jets big picture of clearly fighting for one of the top picks in the draft, preferably number one pick. Number two, he's gonna take away reps from the young guys or the two guys you just named who are better than him. So why are we gonna give up reps? And lastly, if he comes back, he looks good. He is not a long term solution. He's clearly a guy who is hanging on to his NFL career by a thread, by the thinnest of threads. He might have a year left, maybe two. But if he does have a couple of good games for the Jets, this is gonna be he's gonna use it as a Springboard to sign a one or a two year deal with a contender. This is how is this different from the Jets bringing in Demarius Thomas last year? How is right. this or any Derek different
0: Mason a few years ago? Or, yes, uh, yes, know, another Maxical guy, Michael Burris when he was at the end of his career. I mean, any 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 example like that, they, they all fit. You know what it is? Do you remember my Percy Harvin story from a few weeks ago? Oh, do I remember. ever? Yes, that would that would without the draft pick, but that would be what this is like. There's absolutely no reason to bring him in here. It's it's completely pointless and. And this whole jet fan envy that that player that players that uh, fans have about any player that comes along is completely out of control at this point. It's just nuts. I
1: just wanted to jump in one thing. The two the two receivers just gave an excellent example of. At least those were teams. Uh, first of all, we brought them in in the off season.
0: At the beginning and- of the year. Yep.
1: And we brought him in because uh, both of those years, whether we got Plaxico or when we got uh, Mason, those were teams with aspirations. They were literally brought in. They were brought in with the idea that they can help the team win games and make us help run. We're talking about a winless team now. What is he going to do? That's Definitely what I that's, the uh, the, the yeah, slide. Yeah. Exactly. So there's absolutely no upside or benefit to signing him.
0: Okay. Uh, two other crazy things Jet fans talk about. Um, if Trump loses... Woody Johnson's gonna come back, and then heads will roll because he he can't possibly be happy with the direction of the team. I mean, is Woody Johnson in a space capsule on the way to Jupiter where where he can't <laughs> be in touch with anything? Are you kidding me? You think Woody Johnson doesn't know what's going on here? This is the stupidity that we have to deal with, and that's Jazz fans, and they actually
1: believe this nonsense that they just they spew this nonsense, and then they convince themselves that it's real, and then we we end up here discussing it like it's a real topic. What is Woody
0: Johnson gonna do? It People act like he was a great owner, and and we, we were unfortunate to lose him for a few years, and now he's coming back. And Chris Johnson's gonna feel his brother's wrath. Are you kidding me? Woody Johnson's just as bad. To the best of my knowledge, he he became an ambassador to like
1: Great Britain or something. And last I checked, they they do have internet, they have television, they have phone service there. So I like you said, the guy's not on Jupiter. He knows what's going on. Uh, he knows his team is a laughing stock. It's not like he makes a difference. Just write a check, stay out of the way. Let's get the franchise lined up from the GM to the coach to hopefully a star quarterback and let's get on track but the, as far as thinking that if Trump loses the election and we get Woody Johnson back and that's going to be the saving grace of this franchise if that's what we have to look forward to then we're really fucking doomed
0: okay final point and then we'll we'll do some unless you have anything we'll do some uh, some game preview alright uh, Trevor Lawrence has COVID and of course Jet fans are going crazy saying that now he's going to miss a couple of games and, and now he will have something to prove so he's going to stay in school and not come out because he still has a championship to win after his team potentially loses a game or two without him uh, he's gonna he's gonna have something to prove and, and go back to school next year.
1: So I have a couple of thoughts. Number one, deep down inside. Obviously, he's a competitor. He wants to win, but he already has a national title. So if him missing games uh, and the team ends up losing a game or two, I don't think he gives a shit that he's going to sacrifice a year and millions and millions of dollars to come back to school, especially, we don't know with this COVID, unfortunately, we still don't know what's going to happen, what's ahead of us. It's still a big unknown. The other big thing that I wanted to say is to me, and I don't mean to sound unsympathetic because as a human being and as a young kid uh, speaking of Lawrence obviously I hope he's okay he makes he makes it through he recovers he gets back on the playing field uh, no uh, no effects nothing good as new but outside of that this is a non-story to me absolutely a non-story at this point he is far from the first athlete to get COVID he's going to go through the protocol of safe self-isolating all of these athletes are young guys in peak shape hopefully he's going to have the same result as uh, All the other athletes that have caught COVID, which is uh, cold symptoms, self-isolate, recover, get back on the playing field. It's one of those things where, unfortunately, it's still around. I don't think he's the last athlete that's going to get COVID. But outside of that, it's a non-story to me. I do have a concern about Trevor Lawrence, which I'll jump into, but I want to hear your thoughts on this, quote-unquote, COVID fiasco with him. What are are your thoughts on this?
0: he's probably going to be okay and he's going to get back on the field. He's going to be fine. Now, if you want a true dark sider thought now that I've been a jet fan long enough to know that nothing good can happen to the jets. And I'm not being sarcastic. Something bad is always going to happen. What's going to happen with Trevor Lawrence. He's going to get on the field after a couple of game, a couple of weeks, he's going to miss a game or two. He's going to light it up. Jets are going to draft him, And then a year from now, he's going to have some kind of long-term effect that damaged his lungs that we're going to find out about after we've signed him, after the season starts. And it's going to cut his career short. That, is a true dark side of thought
1: i thought about it i chuckled to myself and i said oh i'm not gonna go that drastic on a podcast but that thought being a true jet fan did cross my mind that he ends up going to the jets we're going to be having beers hugging celebrating and then like six months later breaking news on espn trevor lawrence has a terrible lung disease he's gonna be out for the rest of the season
0: he's gonna have to retire because he can't breathe
1: (laughs) (laughs) but before we touch on the kansas city game i did want to touch on a trevor lawrence thing and i wanted to hear your opinion on it What has given me a little bit of a concern regarding Trevor Lawrence is Debo Sweeney, his coach, has come out and said, hey, you never know, he might come back. Stephen A. Smith, uh, the ESPN analyst, as if I needed another reason to dislike the guy who annoys the living crap out of me, he goes and goes on one of his famous Stephen A. rants, uh, how Trevor Lawrence should not come out if the Jets have the number one pick, you should stay in school, you did not want to play for the Jets. Uh, So obviously, there might be some logic there. Yes, there's trepidation by many players who if the Jets have the number one pick, I can see trepidation being there. But damn it, Stephen Iceman, just shut your mouth. We don't need need to hear this right now. And the reason this gives me concern is, like it or not, I believe it's a fact that these kids who are coming out, who are gonna be top 10 picks, they do have people who are constantly in their ear, whether it's the college coach, whether it's the potential agents, their family and friends, they do hear these ESPN reports or whatever other sports channels cover it. And what worries me is if you start hearing it enough, is he gonna start doubting himself or quote-unquote believing that hey I everybody's coming at me that I don't want to put myself in that situation maybe I really shouldn't so that's what's really concerning to me first it was kind of that story that he said that quote you never know I didn't put too much stock into it. But now it's kind of almost seems like a snowball effect. First Trevor Lawrence said it, then a coach mentioned it in passing. Now an ESPN analyst. Then maybe his uh, dad or his potential agents is gonna say, listen, kiddo, you do not wanna go to that disaster of a franchise. So I almost feel like right now it's a snowflake but it fell on very top of a hill and it's starting to roll down and down and pick up momentum and size and speed. Obviously, I wanted to ask your opinion, but me being a dark sider Jet fan, this is starting to give me a little bit of a concern that too many voices are now starting to speak up and kind of discourage him from the idea of being a jet.
0: No, nope. It's all bullshit. Don't even pay any attention to it. Because as we talked about on the last podcast, the question they asked him wasn't, are you gonna go back to school? The question was, You said you were coming out. Is there anything that could change your mind? And he said, I don't know, you know, maybe, you know, but but they put him on the spot with that question. It wasn't like they said, Hey, are you going back to school? And he said, Maybe. It was the opposite. So I'm not worried from that standpoint. His coach, all his coach said was I expect him to go to the NFL, and I expected this other guy, and he came back, so you never know. This is all conjecture. It's all just like, well, you never know. It could happen. Nobody's trying to talk him out of it. Stephen A. Smith is not the first guy to talk to Trevor Lawrence you know, through the media and say, hey, man, run away from this disaster. Mike Greenberg, who's one of the biggest Jet fans out there, did the same thing. Plenty of people have said that. There's a meme going around. You know, pretending it's Lawrence's account, saying, "Hey, pray for me. I got COVID. I'm only gonna, you know, I only have a 99.999 chance to live." And then he responded to his own comment, <laughs> and said, "While you're praying for me, pray I don't go to the Jets because that would definitely kill me." You know what I mean? So this is going to be in his ear the whole time, and he's not gonna he's not gonna turn the Jets away. He, well, I, I should I shouldn't say you know. I, one exception I gave it the other day. The one exception is if Adam Gase is still here, I could see them talking right, about it. Right. Anything else? The Jets actually become a very attractive spot for him. If if Adam Gase is not here, the Jets will be drafting him. They've got a bunch of other draft picks. They've got some young talent, they've got a left tackle to protect him who looks like a freaking monster, right? They have salary cap room to um to bring guys in. They have Joe Douglas who is very well respected around the league. So, you know, get past the darkness that is right now and the and the fact that the Jets have this huge dark cloud that's just constantly raining on them, and the Jets have what you know. Looking through the clouds, you can see a little bit of a bright future. They just have to get rid of Adam Gase because that guy—he's—he's—he's he's, he's death his death for players. I can totally see Trevor Lawrence backing out, either going back to school or, or pulling in Elway or Eli Manning if Adam Gase is still here. Assuming the Jets fire Adam Gase once the season's done, Trevor Lawrence will be coming here. There's just as many people who will be in his ear saying it's actually a good spot to land. They have a good GM now. Well, everything that happened in 2020 is them tearing it down and building it up, and you're an integral piece of that building it back up and they have everything in place to to be good. So um, don't let that stop you. So I'm really not worried about that.
1: I'm literally going to be on pins and needles until I get an alert on my phone. Breaking news, that Jets have fired Adam Gase. Until that happens, I'm going to be freaking out. That's just the nature of being a Jet fan right now.
0: All right, let's do some KC now. Give me a best case scenario, a worst case scenario, and then a realistic scenario.
1: Absolute best case scenario is... Kansas City scores three touchdowns fairly early, gets to a comfortable lead. I'm talking about 21-0, 21-3 and takes their foot off the gas, uh, maybe controls the ball a little bit, doesn't look to completely put a big brother, little brother beat down to just like completely embarrass the Jets. Maybe the Jets get a late touchdown, whether a special team, maybe a defensive touchdown, maybe even an offensive one, and end up losing something like they're not shutting out Kansas City in the second half, another 10 points for KC. So best case scenario, I can see something like 31-14 to 31-17. That's considering that Kansas City, again, jumps out to an early lead and then goes into cruise control and kind of let's let's not completely kill him let's just play play it out but the best case scenario is the jets still lose by two touchdowns worst case scenario to me is kansas city comes out and says listen this is an NFL game. We're going to stay sharp. We're going to work on a few things. We're going to just, we have a killer instinct. We're here to win. On top of that, when they build a big lead, the worst case scenario is let's start feeding Le'Veon Bell. Let's get him in the end zone a couple of times just to rub it in. And by the time the final whistle blows, we're looking at something like 45 to 40, uh Between 45 and 50 points for Kansas City, which is ludicrous as it sounds, is a possibility with that offense against the Jets. And maybe the Jets, uh, I mean, we're talking worst case scenario, they manage like two field goals. And me and you are calling each other saying, we just lost by 41 points, something like 47 to 6. As far as a realistic scenario, I think it's somewhere close to the worst case scenario, but not quite as bad. I'll say something like 42-14, 42-17.
0: All right, pretty good. Um, uh, Okay, so my worst, my best case scenario is. I I just want to preface this by saying I see zero scenarios where the Jets win this game. The Jets have no chance to win this game, none. So I don't have any scenario short of literally, you know, like like the Forty Nine er game where you know the two best defensive players went out. If Mahomes, Kelsey, and and Tyreek Hill get hurt early in the first quarter, maybe maybe the Jets could possibly win this game 6-3 or something. Maybe, and that's a maybe. Other than that, I see no scenario where the Jets win. So there is no best-case scenario for a win. Best-case scenario for me is uh, the Jets play the whole game like they did the first half last week. They put it all together. They come out. They do whatever. The Jets put up you know, high teens, low 20s. Uh, like you, case, like I see KC, you know, running the score up early, getting out to a lead, and then taking it easy, taking starters out at halftime or the third quarter, or just running the ball a lot and playing clock control. And then, you know, maybe the Jets can stay within 11, 14 points. So I'm going to say my best case is something like 30 to 17, 30 to 19, something like that. I've been all over the fact that KC is covering the spread even before the spread came out, and the spread's lower than I thought. So I don't think KC wins by less than 20 to 25 points at best. But I, I, I'll give that that is the best case. Worst case, and since we're talking worst case, I'm going to go with my true worst case. Let's break this down. There's usually three or four possessions per quarter. I'm going to give the Chiefs four possessions per quarter because they're not going to be playing ball control and taking five minutes at a pop. And the Jets are going to go three and out all the time like they always do. So let's say the KC gets four possessions per quarter and scores on half those possessions, only half. All right, 16, that's eight, that's eight scores. We'll say six touchdowns and two field goals. So that would be 42, that would be 48. And if they turn some more of those into touchdowns, if they played a whole game, it, it, this could be in the fifties and sixties. So I'd say your worst case scenario is something like, you know, the absolute worst case is like 65 to three, 65 to six. They're probably not going to do that. They're going to take the foot off the gas in the third quarter when they're up 35. So I will say that the realistic worst case scenario, is something like 48 to six, Forty-eight to ten, yep. something mm-hmm. like that. Realistically, I think what's going to happen is the Chiefs are going are to score. You know, they're going to be up twenty-one nothing in the halfway through the first quarter. And then they're going to start to ball control a little bit. They'll probably be up, you know, 31 to nothing or 31 to three at halftime. Uh, I think in the second half, they either take guys out or really just, you know, just run the ball into the line so they don't get guys hurt. There's no reason to hurt guys. The game's over. I'm looking at 38 to 10 and maybe the Jets score a late garbage time touchdown. So so my realistic view is going to be something like 38 to 10, 38, 13, 38, 17
1: they can literally go big brother, little brother, and completely humiliate the Jets, uh, which they still might, I don't think, to the tune of 80 points, but I think they're capable of making this a e- College level beatdown of uh, what a powerhouse plays uh, one of those uh, right. lower they level need, teams. to for the rankings. Yeah, I
0: don't think they're going to do that though. Andy Reid is already saying, "I don't know why the Jets are 0 and 7." That's a good football team. So you, you, the writing's on the wall that he's not running up the score. He's not going to do the you know 63 to nothing thing. That's that's probably not going to happen.
1: It's also a sign of a brilliant coach. He's he's making sure that his team stays mentally sharp because it's still the NFL and he doesn't want to be. Uh, that team that just he doesn't want his guys to completely come out flat. And Ooh, next yeah, thing you know, a couple Jets, of mistakes, yeah. and it's a game. Exactly. Going through the worst and the best-case scenarios, obviously now I have to ask your prediction, and what's uh, what do you see as the final score?
0: Um, the thing that's been stuck in my head is 38-10 to 10 with a late touchdown. So I'm going to go 38-17. I want to go 38-10. I'm going to go 38-10, final answer.
1: My final answer is 42 13 with a late garbage uh, garbage time touchdown by the Jets to kind of just the, a moral victory for the fact that they just managed to get in the end zone. I think they'll manage a field goal or two, maybe a defensive stop that puts them in a good field position, maybe a good punt or a kickoff return, or something like a turnover that puts them in the red zone. And of course, in a typical Jets fa- fashion, they'll, they'll, end up, they'll end up going backwards 12 yards and t- kicking a 48-yard field goal. I think it's going to be as ugly as we fear. Uh, and I'll say 42-13 is the final score.
0: 42-13, all right, there you go. All right, so let's talk a little bit about the players. I know you wanted to talk a little bit about Le'Veon Bell. Um, I think Le'Veon Bell is going to get a couple of carries in the first half, and then when they pull the starters, Le'Veon Bell will get most of the work and he'll 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 probably have a nice day I don't think he's going to put up the two or three touchdowns that you had said he would um I think I, I'll give him one touchdown and I'm going to give him you know a couple of, uh, I'm going to give him a low amount of catches only a couple because I think at that point they won't be throwing as much but I think he's going to get a bunch of um a bunch of runs in the second half so I'm going to say Le'Veon Bell gets uh you know, 14 carries for, I don't know, 92 yards and, and a touchdown. And, you know, maybe a couple of catches and some yards too. That's going to be my prediction for him. Now, Travis Kelsey is the guy I'm looking at is going to go off. The Jets never do well against big tight ends. Kelsey, you know, Kelsey in the first quarter might have two touchdowns. That's going to be that's going to be ugly. You know, who And I mean, who's going to guard Tyreek Hill? I mean, it's just they have weapons all over the place, these guys. I mean, I mean Cole Hardman, Sammy Watkins. I mean, that's just they're freaking loaded, man.
1: If the Jets were 7-0 going into this game, I'd still have, I'd still be nervous because Kansas City is loaded top to bottom. It's a dangerous team. It's the defending champions. They look hungry. They look loaded. Um, they look well prepared. They look well coached. They're everything the Jets are not. So I'd still be worried about uh, not getting smoked or embarrassed by them if we were doing fantastic and we were battling for the playoffs, whether it's the division or the wild card. But being in a state that we are in right now, it's just to me, it's just. Uh, it's walking into an execution and it's just the, are we going to walk in there with our heads held up high like a man or are we going to, cower, walk in there, just bend over and let them do whatever they want to do to us.
0: All right. Give me your Le'Veon Bell prediction. You're the one who uh, a couple of weeks ago wouldn't talk about it till game time. So talk to me.
1: So I actually disagree with you on uh, on the way you you see Le'Veon Bell being used. I think he's going to be, while not a huge part of the game plan, I think he will be part of the offensive game plan. I see him having about six to eight carries in the first half, something productive. Uh, I'm going to go... Final stat line is uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 to 12 carries for somewhere around 55 to 60 yards. I see four to six receptions for another 40 yards. So I think he's going to have a combined 100 to 110 yards total and two touchdowns. I think they're going to make it a point to show the Jets that, hey, the kid's still got it. He can still score. And I think he's going to basically, whatever energy he has in his legs, in his mind, and in his body, he's going to use it to ball out and just uh, do damage on the Jets.
0: All right. Any final thoughts?
1: Yes. I'm going to go play that we don't lose by 60. Before I let you go, since we're talking stats, Sam Darnold, over 200 yards or under 200 yards for the game?
0: I'm going to go over. Now, a lot of that might come in the third and fourth quarter when the Chiefs are resting guys and they're playing to prevent defense. Uh, But I'm going to go over. What about you?
1: I'm going to go under. I'm going to say between 180 and 190.
0: All right. There you go. It's on record now. Thanks, everybody. Have a great night. Vort, enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend. I'll talk to you soon. I look
1: forward to the game breakdown after the massacre is over. Have a good night, my man. Later.
0: Later.